The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Off the Record, Pinball Podcast. Coming at you out of Jacksonville, Florida and St. Charles, Illinois, it's the Free Play Pinball Podcast. Here they are, Amanda Hamilton and Bill Webb. What is up, Pinball World? Welcome to Episode 1, the premiere of Free Play Pinball. I'm Amanda Hamilton, here with my co-host, Bill Webb. One of our favorite co-hosts ever to air. He is back. I get the privilege of shouting out with him every other week. So what is up, Bill? Welcome to Episode 1. Privilege or, you know, more of a sentence? Either way, we'll we'll figure it out on Episode 2. That's true. Two or three. You know, it takes a little (laughs) while to get this going. Um, I'm so happy to actually be doing this with you now. We've talked about it for a little while and a little slow to get going, but we're finally recording and putting this in the can, right? I like it. I'm excited about it. You know, it's, it's definitely something that's been in the works and it seems like fate was against it at first. So I'm glad we were able to sit down today and introduce ourselves or for you, reintroduce yourself, um, and talk some pinball. Cool stuff. Sounds like it's coming out. So I like it. Absolutely. Well, and our friendship really developed kind of pre or, or post COVID, I think, right? And that's more or less when the Skype calls started getting going. And um, you you'd talked with a lot of our you know mutual friends, and that's when you and I developed a pinball friendship, especially with your husband Mike. And uh, I think we, you know it was funny because you and I would be on the phone for a little while talking about pinball, and it just felt like second nature, and that's how this kind of developed. Absolutely. It seemed like all those quick calls of asking a quick question because I'm so new in this hobby and, you know, Mike's not always available for me to ask him, hey, why is this machine doing this? So having the friendship that I have um, or the relationship I have with a number of people in pinball now, it was nice to know I could reach out. And, you know, like you said, you and I would start chatting about something that should have taken two minutes and then 45 minutes later, we're going, oh, crap, I got to get back to work. And uh, yep. it, it was always a natural conversation. I think we always had a good time with it. So it's it's been fun. Oh, it's been a great time. And that's where I think, you know, some of the better podcasts really kind of originate from is just that natural organic chemistry of, you know, enjoying the hobby and everything else. Now, you touched on you were new to the hobby. And I know that recently you had made your podcast debut on the Pinball Network with Zach Many. Great listen. Great listen. couple little items in there that I'd like to correct you on, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Ghostbusters. Anywho, um, I know Zach didn't really want to get too in-depth on how you got into the hobby because that's not his thing. But guess what? This is our show, so we're going to kind of deep dive into that right now. So how did you get into this hobby? So it was kind of funny. There was this store here in town. Um, We live just outside of Jacksonville, Florida, and there's this great game room store that's kind of out a little bit away from us. But it's a fun place to go just to kind of check things out. And we had just bought our house. We had some extra room and we were talking about turning the main cave into like a true hangout spot. So we were going to go look at dry bars and we got in there and it's like, okay, we don't really want a pool table, but it would be cool to have some sort of game type thing that, you know, we could have people come over and whether it's the kids or it's the adults, everybody could really enjoy it. And they happened to have pinball machines there. And ironically enough, they had a Ghostbusters there. Nice. Yeah. So I, I our, know you love the game. So go oh, ahead though. Sorry you know, for interrupting. <laughs> It is my least favorite game out there. Um, so we we started wandering around and it was kind of like, oh, you know, there weren't any prices on them. And and we were looking. They had a Star Wars one as well. And our, our game room theme was Star Wars. And it's kind of like, a, you know, that would be cool to have a pinball machine in your house. Like everybody had that rich friend who had a pinball machine in their basement growing up up north. I grew up in the south. We don't have basements. And I didn't have any rich friends. So we didn't have that. But it was like, that, that would be kind of fun. You know, what do you think about that? So we started looking at, you know, what's the price on them? And um, we found a Star Wars that was affordable. And it was kind of a, okay, well, let's buy a pinball machine. And that Sorry, it just I'm laughing kind of, because you say affordable. And I just think to myself, you know, sticker shock of a brand new pinball machine getting into this. So I'm sure at first the initial sticker shock of a brand new pinball machine had to be kind of off-putting. It, it was a little bit, but we had... We're the type of people that if we are going to do something, we want to do it right. So, like, we looked at the virtual pins and we looked at, you know, just regular arcade cabinets and throwing, like, a new Raspberry Pi and some reprogramming in it and doing it like that. But we liked the fact that the pinball machines that we were looking at, yes, they were a little bit more. But it was a cool theme for us for our first pin. And 
it it made you play it. Like you have to physically get in there and pay attention to it. It's not something you can just, it's not like shooting pool where you're standing around BSing at the same time. And you know, you, you have a quick shot and then you're standing around BSing again. Like it, it is so involving. So for us, the money versus what you got was something we were really interested in. So we ended up pulling the trigger. We bought Star Wars. Love Star Wars. Star Wars got old. Um, and we knew we wanted a second one because we would have friends over. And when there's five people playing and you can only put four players on a pen, it gets annoying. Especially if you play with my husband who will get a ball going and like 20 minutes later he's still playing. And now you're out of beer and you're just cranky. Yep. Waiting for him to get done. So we ended up, um, we were on location. There's a great place just north of us in Brunswick, Georgia, Pinball Palace. They are fantastic. We've become good friends through pinball with Kelly and Nick, the owners. And they got a brand new in-box collector's edition Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Caribbean, depending on how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. We were the first two to play it. Hated it. Hated it. That game is Absolutely, we hated it. It wasn't balanced right. It was not level. Like, it was just, it was awful. It was very frustrating, that stupid spinning disc. So, naturally, we found one and we bought one. <laughs> because, you know, why not? Uh, and, and and we were looking more at, we also love to go to Disney. And, I mean, a Disney title is gold. You put Disney on anything and you're going to be golden. So, we, we started playing that and it just kind of evolved from there. We, we um, bought and sold a few more games and... We are looking at purchasing at least two, maybe three more. We'll see. There's there's talks in the works on that one. Um, what what is in your current collection? Just so everybody knows, I know what a few are, but you know, for for everyone at home. So currently, we have a Willy Wonka limited edition. We have a Yellow Brick Road Wizard of Oz. We have a Pro Turtle. No, a Premium Turtles in a Pro Deadpool. Nice. And those are yes. some great titles. And you've had uh, pi- Pirates as well. We did. Uh, we had we had Pirates. We um we weren't planning on selling it, but during the giant price gouging that's been going on with it, we actually had people reaching out to us on Pinside saying, hey, I saw you had this game at one point because Mike had posted something two and a half years ago about like the chest wasn't closing or something. Yeah. And people were actually going back and they were reaching out to him and they're like, hey, I'll give you X amount of money for this game or how much do you want for it? And he's like, well, I don't know. It's not really for sale. It's that's one of our favorites. We never saw parting with it. And, um, money talks though, money, money talks. So we were sad to see it go still a little sad that it's gone. That was a great game to play. And it's just such a great code. It's such a, it's a great shooter. It's just a great game. Um, it is awesome, but, but you know, it's, when you profit almost double what you paid for a pinball machine, you 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 let it go. And I'm sure you guys had a thousand plays on it, right? Uh, I think we had close to two actually. We we played the breaks off that game. I mean, we and, we played it quite a bit. And you can't argue that not one bit. You know, especially when you enjoy the stuff. If you can sell it and get close to your money back, that's a good day. Let alone doubling your money. Um, Absolutely. And we sold our Elvira around the same time, too. We actually sold it to a distributor who was looking for one because we had a house of horrors. And um, we profited on that one as, as well. So it was kind of a nice little, all right, you know, we got a couple extra bucks. Now what do we want to get? And it's just a matter of making the room for it. I've gone through the same thing. Um, so, some games you buy at the right time, and then you wind up selling them, and you make some money, and then, of course, you roll it into the next game. But, Absolutely. Now, you when know, you were a kid. Funny is, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Please finish it. I was going to say, what's funny is the only reason we ended up with a pirate CE is because Mike refused to look at Johnny Depp's face every time he walked up to the pinball machine. We did not get that with the intention of we wanted a CE. Like, it was just, we don't want to look at Johnny Depp. But you know what? It worked out in your favor. Heck yeah. Now, when you were a kid, um, you weren't really exposed that much to pinball then. We would go out, we would go out to um, Panama City Beach every summer. And out into the panhandle and some of the little beach towns. And like the little ice cream parlors and the pizza places and some of the little arcades there. They would have the games. Anything you remember remember from when you were a kid? I remember playing Indiana Jones. I remember playing... uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I played Twilight Zone as a kid and that one was fun. But it 
was weird as hell. Um, there were and it can be a butt some... kicker. Oh, God, yeah. You know, I think I played Houdini because I saw a Houdini on location once. And I was like, this game looks familiar. I feel like I've played this before. It was so hit or miss. There were probably a couple of valleys that I played. I don't remember names specifically. I just remember that, you know, I put my quarters in. I played it for about two and a half minutes if I was lucky. And then I walked away with my quarters gone. So, yep. See, when I was growing up, like uh, 91 through 94, 95, down the street, there was a place that had pinball machines. So, you know, I was exposed to like Terminator 2 when it first came out, Adam's Family, Twilight Zone, all these different, you know, like A titles up until about, yeah, I'm going to say just, just after Indiana, Indiana Jones was when they started, you know, getting scarce at that store. Um, so a lot of these games I have, an, you know, an appreciation, uh, appreciation for since I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, which is why, like in my collection, it, it kind of reflects that, um, you know, just because a lot of those are so reminiscent of being a kid, and I loved playing them when I, when I was a kid, that I had to buy them back. Um, and, and in my current collection, it's a T2, Adam's Family, Twilight, uh, Ghostbusters, Pirates, Wizard of Oz, and a Guns N' Roses LE. So I was going to say, I know you just picked up your Guns N' Roses from JJP. How are you liking it? Love that game. And anyone I... that has one, please do me a favor and set it to jukebox mode and just watch it run. It is so awesome. I have yet to see one in person. I'm so, so bummed. Um, we haven't been up to see any new games or new titles with COVID. And then just with life in general, you know, things are starting to pick back up. And um, projects picking up at work. My husband's a little bit busier because he works in transportation and things are finally starting to move again. So we haven't had a chance to get up and actually look or check out any of the new titles. Now, that, all right, the one it. thing that's surprising is that you don't have one on order. I'm not going to lie. We almost did. We reached out to Zach when they came out and we... Uh, I didn't want one at first. Like, I mean, let's face it. That was the worst kept secret in pinball is that JJP was going to release Guns N' Roses. I don't think that anybody was surprised that that game came out. Um, I think everybody was shell-shocked, though, when they saw it and how they just blew that game out of the park. Like, the video on it, the graphics, the audio, the light show. Nobody was predicting that good of a game. They were just thinking, oh, great, it's another music pen. Yay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally understand that. When I heard it, I was like, okay, you know, I love Guns N' Roses as a kid. I don't know if I'm truly enthralled with it because I wasn't enthralled with the Data East Guns N' Roses. Right. Um, that said, you know, when I first saw this game and first played it, I was like, wow, this thing is absolutely incredible. And, and it gave me that feeling. So you, you weren't into pinball when, like, Wizard of Oz came out, right? I was not into pinball when Wizard of Oz came out. Um, no, I take that back because... Yellow or Brick Road came out in 17. Yeah, but they had other we, versions before They that. had other versions before. We had just started getting into it, because I think the first Oz that I played was in Emerald City. Okay. I played Emerald City, I played Ruby Red, and then Yellow Brick Road had, come, had either just come out when we got into it, or was getting set to come out when we got into it. Because I really wanted one of those. I love that theme. Um, and, yeah. and I have to correct point, you. The Yellow Brick Road came out in 19, March of 19 at Texas Pinball Festival was it 19? when okay. it was announced. Okay. So, yeah, then it was it was announced that it was coming out, but hadn't come out yet when, when we first started getting into it. So it was kind of like that mid-run area of Waz that we came, that we got into it. And, and what's crazy to me is, like, the first, I'm like, there's pinball, and then there's, like, you know, these game changers. Like, you know, for me, it was uh, Terminator 2 with the digi uh, digital display back in the day, right? Or the, right. The, the dot matrix display. And, you know, that was a game changer. It made everything else kind of obsolete, you know, because of that innovation. Um, let alone the Canon and stuff like that, in it, which were firsts. And, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz really was like that next innovation to me. So, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, this thing looks awesome. Let alone playing it. Guns N' Roses was just, you know, the first time I played it, I... I feel like it was like Wizard of Oz 2.0, just something that was, you know, over the top and brought in. And I'm not trying to, you know, blow up a JJP commercial here. I just, you know, it's my newest game and I love it, so. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, I have not had a chance to put hands on it, but I, the more I see it, the more I want one. 
I'm always hesitant with music pins. I like Guns N' Roses. There's a few of their songs that I love, but like everybody's like, oh, November Rain. I'll change it if it's on the radio so I don't know how long I want to listen to it while I'm playing pinball. That's kind of my theory on it. Led Zeppelin, I love the band. Um, the more I've seen gameplay on it, the more I want to put my hands on it. But again, I'm not sure how long I would keep that at the house if I owned it. If we, you know, and that's saying if we ever did own it. I don't, I don't necessarily know that we would ever be music pin owners. But we were damn close to getting a GNR. We had talked to Zach about it. And at the last minute, I forget, we ended up picking up an... We picked turtles. up something, I might have been Turtles, we picked up something else or something came up and we ended up waiting because there was a new title coming out or I don't remember what the rationale was. He's always talking about buying and selling games. I just want to, oh, I know what it was. I was told if we got a Guns N' Roses, we would not be able to get Wizard of Oz. Oh. So, yeah, so I was like, nope, no, we, we are just, we're just going to wait. And you and I go back, so I know how much you really, really wanted a Wizard of Oz. I mean, it was like every other time we talked, you would ask me, how's your Wizard of Oz doing? You know, stuff like that, because you literally wanted that title that bad. And, uh, you know, hearing the story of how you got your Yellow Brick Road and how hard it was to find a new in-box um, Yellow Brick Road, which, you know, is just incredible. I mean, with this pandemic, pinball machines on a shelf somewhere just aren't there anymore. You know, you don't find these new in-boxes that are, you know, a year old, two years old. Everything is moving. So the fact that you found a yellow brick road is, is incredible, you know? And not just that it was new in box. Like, the guy wanted it gone. It, that was what blew my mind. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, with all of these, you know, the surge and people buying them, it's a great game. There's a lot of people who don't necessarily love it, but they still appreciate how beautiful it is. But there's a lot of people who really, really like that title. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, you know what? It's not the best shooter i mean it it, it it it's a little clunky but it's theme frustrating and, and as hell to play yes but you know it, it just the integration is so over the top on that game and it was nothing like we'd ever seen before you know um and, and sorry to get back and you know back on wizard of oz and but yeah just you know i was happy that you actually got one so let alone all the mods you had for it I know. Um, thank you for the hookup on that. By the way, when you when you stripped yours down and kind of took it back to base, I I was in shock that you were going to do that. But I also know how much you appreciate that game just out of the box. So when we found out you had some mods you were getting rid of, we definitely jumped on that, and it looks great in the game. It makes gameplay a little bit more fun, you know. Especially that winky drop down target. You can't see that without the mod in there. You really can't. So it, it's hard. I don't have it in mine, and it kind of sucks. But that's okay. You know. Honestly, you know, I, I had so much money in mods that I was like, you know what, I need to just kind of thin the herd. And I think this was right after I, you know, um, bought my Twilight Zone and some other stuff that I really wasn't planning on buying. And I was like, you know what, let's just, you know, get back to basics. And I love the mods. It's just, you know. And that said, too, the other mods, I mean, every game I have, I have pin stadiums on. Mm -hmm. um, every game except for one has color DMD. So, I mean, it, it might, it's not that my games aren't mod heavy, just, you know whatever but you're, you're the type of person too that you appreciate that aesthetically clean look so yeah and you can put too many mods on a game yeah and i and i have seen that i have seen that but yeah and you know what i mean like my twilight zone I believe that one's actually modded out pretty heavy but yeah the wizard of oz you know i kind of was like you know what i have too much on here we're gonna pull it off and you know it, it all just worked out for the best um now i'm curious to see if you actually get a Led Zeppelin, though. Led Zeppelin is a fun game. I doubt it. Um, Mike is not interested in it at all. He's He finds it kind of boring. He doesn't really enjoy it. I'm pretty sure that he's actually played it, too, because he went out when I wasn't able to, and um, he went up and, and played on location for a while. I know he liked GNR. He wanted me to play that one, He but I don't think he particularly cared for Led Zeppelin, and he's a fan of their music. It's just not... He doesn't like empty playfields. I've learned that about my husband. He does not like empty playfields. I'm surprised you guys don't have a creature from the Black Lagoon with everything kind of like right in the middle. I'm surprised we don't have an attack from Mars. Ah, uh, touche. That's another mm. great game. Um, if we could get our hands on one, we would probably have one. That game is fantastic. There's one in North Dakota I saw the other day listed for sale. 
Uh, there's one sitting at a friend's house in Southern California right now, we just found out, too. So we might have to take a road trip sometime this summer and go check it out. You mean you, you can't have that packed up and put on a pallet, but, you know, with uh, three straps and cardboard wrapped around, all around it? I, I know, right? That was a fantastic packing job. We are still impressed about that. That was, you know, that was a great find. That was a great packing job. And listeners, um, what we're referencing is over the summer, I had some friends that we have, or during the spring, I apologize, we had some friends who had bought a new house that we kind of brainwashed into getting into pinball as well, and they really wanted a Twilight Zone. So naturally, I call my friends who have Twilight Zones and say, hey, do you want to sell them? And after everybody tells me, you know, hell no, and then slams the phone down in my ear, I get a call back from Bill of, hey, I got a buddy who has one in his basement. He might be looking to offload. And, um, and Bill, you did awesome. I mean, you, you kept us up to date. You made sure that game was in great condition. And then loaded it on a pallet made of three-inch plywood and straight up did tie-downs that were bolted into the wood on that sucker. I, it was a thing of beauty. I didn't want it to, to get uh, screwed up in shipping. And, you know, I, I've heard horror stories of shipping. So if I'm going to ship a game, I want to make sure that somebody can't take a fork and run it underneath the pallet. You sign for it and find out they blasted the uh, the underside of the cabinet or whacked the back box with it. Um, you know, stuff like that. So that's why I wrapped it that way. But, yeah, that was a that was definitely a funny time and a good story. But, uh, yeah, and, I, and honestly, that- I'm happy that they enjoy it more, and- importantly. And the fact that the guy tried to take it off of the pallet when he was unloading it just still blows my mind. Ugh. Well, and I wrapped that thing where, you know, anyone in their right mind wouldn't want to touch that thing because it was literally that comp- complex with cardboard and ratchet straps and, yeah. But, you know what, I mean, it never ceases to amaze in this world these days, right? People are impressive in what they will do, the steps they will take to undo good work. <laughs> this is true, but... Oh. Moving on, though, on to something else I wanted to talk to you about. So this week, we actually saw, and, and by the time this airs, this might be a little bit older news, but that's okay, um, the release of Fathom. What do you the think re- of that? So the revisit with Haggis Pinball. Um, yeah, no, this is really cool, and I would just like to congratulate Haggis Pinball. It sounds like they've got some really cool stuff going in the pipes anyways. I love that they are re-releasing this game with the original code. I know that the Mermaid Edition, you have the option for the upgraded code as well, but this is going to be really cool to see a great game with all of the bells and whistles from 1980 as well as 2021. I mean, it's it's going to be cool. And the artwork, I was looking at some pictures of this earlier. The artwork and graphics on it look spectacular. I love the coloring. I love how they have the two LCD screens in the apron that they still fit. They still look old school. Oh, yeah. And that's talent. So it's that that game looks really cool. I'm excited to see um, how it does, and I hope that they do well with sales. I hope they can get them out the door as quick as they've gotten the orders. Um, I think they made a beautiful product. Um, just, you know, you know, it's, it, it's interesting times to see stuff like this coming out again, you know? Um, and Haggis, I you know, I have high hopes for. You know, I mean, there's other companies that said that they would have games out in 2019, and here we are in 2021, and, you know, they haven't been released yet. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a beautiful game. Actually, one of our mutual friends uh, is on the list for the uh, the Mermaid Ed Edition, so I'm curious to see when he gets it and play it. That will be very, very cool. Is it the Mermaid or is it the Siren, though? Zach and Dennis were having that conversation last week on the Pinball Show the difference between mermaids and sirens, but I think that's when it said mermaidens as well as a mermaid. So it'll be kind of cool. He got the loaded up one. Yeah, that'll yeah. be very, very cool. Yeah, so you can guess which friend that is, but we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that off air. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's exciting times. I know CGC at some point is uh, rumored to be releasing Cactus Canyon. Now, have you ever gotten a chance to throw down on one of those? It doesn't sound familiar enough for me to say yes or no. Um, I've, they were I've looked very at some limited. pictures and I'm like, I think I've touched one once. I don't remember where. Like, it didn't leave that lasting of an opinion or an impression on me. Not saying anything against the game. It just may have been something that I had played when I was younger or I played it somewhere where, you know, games, even the best game in the world is not going to be fun if half the lights are out or it's not shooting correctly. So. I had the same experience with Monster Bash. For a long time, I didn't like Monster Bash because the only thing I'd ever played were 
beat up, routed examples, you know, flippers weak, lights out. And I never really liked it because of that. And then I actually got to play the CGC remake, um, the LE version, and I was blown away at how much I loved the game when it actually was all functioning. It's amazing what a functioning game can do. It can make or break the, the uh, experience, make or break the idea of if you want to get into it or not, too. Because let's face it, if you have one, like you said, you get an option of getting one that's routed out that, that needs some work. I would be intimidated to do that work being in the hobby for, you know, three, four years now. So somebody who's fresh into it, I couldn't imagine... Unless you're an electrical engineer or a mechanical engineer, popping that bad boy open, looking at those wires and going, oh, yeah, I got this. No. Yeah, you know what, though? It's not as bad as you think. If you've got a soldering iron, a voltmeter, and a couple of parts, it's not as bad as you would think. I mean, honestly, I'm spoiled because we have, you know, a pinball part supplier, pinball life, you know, literally 10 minutes from my work. So I can go there and get parts relatively easy and, and get stuff fixed. But as long as you take your time and honestly you can reach out to the community as well and and get a lot of help too you know or in the case of you if you have a problem with the game you just call hey what's this doing you know and i try and steer you in the right direction so i mean you have good resources and the further you get into pinball the more people you know to bounce stuff off of when you have a problem absolutely and that's not just for me so any listeners who are new into this and you're feeling kind of like out there on your own don't really know anybody in pinball Get involved, you know, check out some of the different channels on Twitch, join them, subscribe to the channels. You'll learn a lot of stuff just watching them. Check out YouTube. There's some great videos on YouTube on this. Pinside has drama, but they also have a lot of people in the community that are willing to help. So it is possible to get involved in the community and and have that resource and that backing if you have an issue with your game versus, you know, you just spent eight grand on something that's now holding your laundry. Uh, Yeah. And you know what? I mean, the other one, too, that, that, that I don't know if you touched on is Facebook, uh, especially yeah. the pinball enthusiast on Facebook is, is such a great group. I mean, don't get me wrong. You get some people that throw some hate out there and say some things that, you know, might aggravate you. But for the most part, it's generally a bunch of great people that share the same interests that will literally sit there and try and help you. And I know there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've jumped in and tried to help somebody, too, just because, you know, if I had the time and I can, why not? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's we're in a great world where we have all of these resources available. So you don't have to worry about, I mean, if I needed somebody to work on a pen for me down here and I called my local pinball, you know, company and said, Hey, send a repairman. Something's broken. We don't have anybody local down here. And you it, know, you're, it, you're lucky cause you have everybody up there. You say that, but getting somebody out is not easy. Number one. And number two, you know what, honestly, I mean, the, the other thing about that too is, uh, they're not cheap. You know, I, no. I think the one pinball tech that's close by me is 150 bucks an hour. Um, and, you know, I mean, you don't get anything fixed in an hour. So, you know, you, you got to take the good with the bad on that one. Um, but sometimes, yeah, you just want your game fixed and you don't care what it costs and you, you'll gladly spend the money. Absolutely. So, so on another note, um, Stern has some rumors lately of Mandalorian. I know Back to the Future was thrown out there. Um, It's gone back and forth on the different coders and whatnot. I don't want to speculate on that. But what are your feelings uh, if it was Mandalorian or Back to the Future? Which one would you rather see? I think both of them will be neat. I would like to see both of them. I think it's going to be Back to the Future if it's one of the two. I I don't know how quick they would have had to jump onto the title. Um, for Mandalorian when it was in its high popularity. So I think Back to the Future would would probably have been something that was already in the works when that started. But I could be wrong. I mean, I don't work for a pinball company. I'm not sure how long it takes for all of the development and everything. But I think it would be cool to see both of them. And then, you know, I've heard rumors that Godzilla is coming out too. So Mm -hmm. the rumor mill is definitely strong right now. There were rumors the end of last year and last fall that Stern was getting Harry Potter. It, it's going to be interesting to see, but of everything I've heard, I think that we're probably going to see Back to the Future as the next game. And I know you're excited about that. If it is, I'm absolutely excited. Now, just because of the risk of it not being, I'm actually going to start watching Mandalorian at some point. Just You, you haven't know. watched The Mandalorian? You don't like Ghostbusters. I don't want to hear it. I really don't. I watched the movies, though. But you don't like the pinball machine. That's bad taste in my eyes. Um, no, but you know what though? I, I literally, we, I don't, I, we don't have a lot of time, so we don't really watch a whole lot. 
every night we'll watch like one TV show, whether it's uh, Big Bang Theory or uh, um, Grey's Anatomy, stuff like that. So we'll go through entire seasons. Um, but I think the next one will will be Mandalorian. Um, I know like Stranger Things, when that originally came out, I hadn't seen a single show, so it didn't really call to me. Once I actually finally saw two seasons of it, I was like, okay, yeah, that pinball is pretty cool. And it's amazing because now that pinball machine, it feels like is gotten a lot of traction and going for a lot more money where for a little while it seemed like it stalled out and interest wasn't as high as it is normally on like a, a newer pin and now it just seems like it's gone you know back to full throttle again if that makes sense oh absolutely and i think that you know the uv light kit on that game is freaking fantastic it still blows my mind every time i see that upside down lit up with that uv light kit so i think that helped out but yeah, I was a little surprised that game did not have as much hype around it after it came out, given how many people are obsessed with Stranger Things. Well, not only that, but Brian Eddy, that was his return to pinball. You know, it was. I know everyone was hyped, you know, after uh, uh, Medieval Madness, everyone was hyped to see what he could pull off next. Um, and I think it's a great game. Yeah, I, I enjoy playing it. We've talked about picking one up. Again, Playfield's a little bit empty, so. Mr. Grumpy Pants may not necessarily go for that, but it is, it's a fun shooter. It's a fun game. The only thing that I don't like about Stranger Things is the callouts by Hopper suck. He's literally like, shoot the left ramp, shoot the right ramp, aim for the demigorgon. Dude, so come on, put some emotion in it. So you feel like his callouts are reminiscent of a cat on Xanax kind of callouts then is what you're saying. I remember Ben Stein's money, like when Ben Stein's money, how he would get really monotone. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like, I just got the impression that he wanted to be anywhere but where he was when he did those callouts. And I think that was one of the things that made Pirates great was the guy who played Joshua Gibbs was just like, Melty Ball, super extra jackpot. Like he made you feel like you were doing something in that game. And then you look at your score and you're like, I have 3,500 points. But you guess what, though? It felt like an experience when you did it. You oh, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no more gold, Captain. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, yes. What else? Oh, yeah. No. And you know what? Honestly, the sound package on a lot of this stuff makes or breaks. But, uh, yeah, the, the game is cool, and I think it was well integrated. Honestly, I have the theme song stuck in my head now. Um, That's funny. But going back to, like, Mandalorian, Back to the Future, yeah, I hope to God it, it's, it's Back to the Future because that's a timeless theme and it's something that I love and I don't have to watch a TV show, you know, Yeah. So, selfishly. And well, in, in the fact that, like you said, it is timeless, you know, so Mandalorian is cool. Don't get me wrong. I, for anybody who listened to the pinball show uh, a couple weeks ago when I was co-hosting with Zach, I love the Mandalorians. Boba Fett's my guy. I've always been obsessed with it. Um, the show is great. Baby Yoda is absolutely adorable. But at the same time, Disney has so much stuff that they pump out that's going to be just as cool that I really wonder how long Mandalorian is going to be the big thing. Like, yes, you see Baby Yoda memes everywhere right now online. It's really high. You know, like, everybody's still thinking about it. You can't go online without, you know, making three clicks and seeing a uh, a Baby Yoda meme somewhere on something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, but, but at what point is that going to change? Especially now we had WandaVision come out and you're starting to see a lot more of that. You have um, Winter Soldier and Falcon, you know, so in not saying that these should be pinball games, I'm just curious, how long is the Mandalorian going to be that cool? Star Wars is kind of timeless in general. I'm just curious with the spinoff, whereas Back to the Future, like we were actually watching Back to the Future last night. I traded the red, or what is it? I traded the Persian some bold pinball parts for a flux capacitor. This is, uh, this is heavy duty, Doc. This is great. Uh, does it run like on, on regular unleaded gasoline? Unfortunately, no. It requires something with a little more kick. Plutonium. Uh, plutonium. Wait a minute. Are you, are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Hey, 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 keep rolling. Keep rolling there. No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity I need. Doc, you don't just walk into a store and, and buy plutonium. Did you rip that off? Of course. From a group of Libyan nationalists. They wanted me to build them a bomb. So I took their plutonium and in turn gave them a shiny bomb casing full of used pinball machine parts. Come on, let's get you a radiation suit. We must prepare to reload. 
Uh, Mayor Goldie Wilson. I like the sound of that. Dude, mm -hmm. that, that one cracks me up, man. That's a great scene. Um, <laughs> Suckers Electric, uh, Nuclear. Yeah, dude, what a timeless movie. I'm hoping it's that. But you know what, honestly, I, I Mandalorian, you know, I, I'm curious to watch it. So um, so hopefully it translates well, you know. And Star Wars knows what they're well. doing. They do. They do a great job with those. Um, I mean, I, a lot of people hate it on AIQ. I think Avengers was a great shooter. Um, it was a it was a fun shooter. There was a lot going on in that game. So it was one of those ones you could just, you don't need to know the code. You can just walk up and plunge and be good. And, yeah. and it's you're going to have a good time with it. There's bright lights and it's colorful and the art package was decent. Um, you See, know, I'm more of a, gun, uh, a Jurassic Park guy over Infinity Quest. I love that Jurassic Park. That Jurassic Park was sick. The more I've played Jurassic Park, the less I've liked it. Unpopular opinion. Um, I, I don't know why either. I want to like it. I like the theme. I like the way they did the integration. I love the like the com um, competition modes and the challenge modes. I think those are fun, but I would rather do those than regular gameplay because the regular gameplay just didn't. The more I did it, the less I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I really don't. Well, you were like going through the island and trying to actually accomplish that, right? We were. Or were you we, just like trying to shoot? No, I like I actually I was doing pretty good on that one. I was going through the island trying to accomplish things. I tried it just you know, just trying to shoot just to see what shots I could make. Um, I love the moving dinosaur head. I thought that was cool. The T-Rex was really neat. It it just didn't it didn't resonate with me as one that I wanted because we had talked about picking one of those up as well. And the more I played it, the more I was just kind of like, we see, would sell I, I, it. I had a pro and I, it, it, between uh, pinball acquisitions, I actually, you know, sometimes I have to sell stuff that I don't want to. Like, I had to sell my Wonka, which I regret, but, you know, at the time, it's something that needed to happen to move on to something else. Um, I would love to get Jurassic Park back with that bootleg code where they put the movie clips in it. Mm -hmm. So cool, you know. I'm wondering it if is. that would be more your speed. I, I've played one with the movie clips in it, and it is, it's very cool. Like, I'm not knocking the game. I think the game is fun. It just, for me personally, it didn't resonate with me, and I'm... I played one that had a really wonky setup, too. So the first time I played it, I was doing great on it. I was making the shots. You know, like, there are times where if you hit off the certain portion of the flipper, you know that you're going to make that shot. And you can do it over and over and over again. And then I played on a different machine that was set up a little weird. And Just enough to piss you off, huh? Yes, just enough to piss me off. And it was like... It was. It took the fun out of it because then it became frustrating because now I'm trying to prove to myself, wait, how could I make these shots yesterday but not today? And I've played a third one in a different location as well, and that one was routed. And you can tell it's a popular game. That's all I'm going to yeah. say is you can tell it's a popular game because there's a little wear and tear on it. So it was like, nah, nah. Hey, so, you know, the funny one on that, I mean, I totally know what you're saying. Um, we have an Adams family in our lunchroom at work, right? Mm -hmm. Um a uh, buddy of ours brought it in, and uh, you know, very popular. And uh, it's not the nicest example, but you know, it's it's. Listen, you you have an Adams family at work. Doesn't matter what example it is, as long as it's working. I'll play that, and then I'll come home, and mine is set up a little differently. And yeah, it's it's super frustrating because I can't feel like I get rhythm on both because they're set up just enough. You know, mm -hmm. that said, I wouldn't sell mine to you know forever, but that's okay. I, so. I said that about pirates too. Money talks. It does, but you know what? Honestly, so um, so we're going to introduce, or not re reintroduce, maybe a, an old segment on a, on a former show. So um, for anyone that's listening that hasn't heard me before, I used to do a uh, podcast with my friend uh, Ken Cromwell. It was special and lit. Did 89 episodes. Uh, great times. And then uh, Ken uh, moved on to some other things, and now he's working in the in industry. So... Unfortunately, we couldn't continue doing that. Um, it was great times, and honestly, it kind of worked out because uh, that was when my son was, was born, and it was really hard to kind of get the time to really dedicate towards it. So, I mean, it, everything worked out for a reason, and uh, now it's you know nice that you and I get the chance to do this um, yeah. podcast, but one of the segments that we used to have was Bill's Corner, um, and at some point, and this would basically be you know problems that I'd find with the game or stuff that I might be working on. Um, 
anyone familiar with that, you'll remember like when I did a scratch build from a world of uh, whirlwind, um, took an old game, rebuilt the cabinet, stuff like that. So right now, Amanda, I am actually trying to find a new old stock original Adams family playfield because I want to rebuild my Adams family to perfection. Can I just point out that I am shocked that you are trying to find something because normally everybody goes to you to find something. You are the gatekeeper of all things weird, rare, or obsolete in pinball. (laughs) If I don't know, if I don't have it, I know somebody that might. Exactly. So that's very fascinating to hear. Um, I actually have a couple of friends who have family members with old pinball machines that are in good condition that they're looking to get rid of. So I, I will see what they have and if they happen to have a play field. I'm still trying to get into that collection to see. And I know there were a couple other games. Um, they had a kiss in there and I want to say that they had a T2 because I know Mike was trying to pick them up too. But again, Love I want something... You know, it that's another one that it's a cool game. It is a very cool game. And I love that movie. I loved how stunning that movie was and how like groundbreaking it was when it came out. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I think that the game does a very good job reflecting that feeling of the movie. And to me that's a sign that it's a well made game. Great. I would love some for somebody to update the code a little more, um, at some point. I mean it, it, it was one of those earlier games, you know, and I think they, they you know, did an awesome job. I would love a couple more modes in the game, maybe even a couple more video modes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but how many other people are saying I would love it if somebody updated the code on stuff too? It's Oh, yeah. yeah. There's so many it, games out there, and, and we, we are demanding. We want new titles, and we want them today. But I also want you to update the code on my existing game from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, and Terminator's 30 this year. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. No, but going back, yeah. So right now I'm in the midst of trying to find a, a play field for an Adams family and then do a scratch build on that. You know, new cabinet, new parts, mm-hmm. new everything, new play field. But until I find a play field, I'm kind of stuck. Um, I'm, I'm hoping maybe to, to do that this summer is build that cabinet. I got that cabinet to build, and then uh, I'm building an Indiana Jones cabinet for a friend, Wally, who literally makes his own harnesses and makes his own games. So he's doing a, scra- a, a, a complete, I mean, a real scratch build of building an Indy from nothing. So... Um, good times in the, the pinball world there. It sounds like it. Yeah, we are going to be focusing on um, repairing a cabinet on an Aerosmith that um, listeners, buyer beware, if you are purchasing your new or your first pin and it is not new, um, definitely get in touch with people in the community, ask what to look for, ask lots of questions, have the seller take pictures from every possible angle so that you are getting the quality of game that you are paying for. We had a friend who recently purchased an Aerosmith, was told that it was in great condition, no major issues, and there's a three-quarter inch gap on the front right-hand side of the cabinet. I'm scared to tilt it, not that I tilt often anyways, because I'm scared that the damn game's going to fall on me. Yeah, and I... And... It's it's a shame too. I mean that, that that does happen in this hobby. I know when I sell stuff, I try to be as completely transparent as possible. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that I like selling stuff to people that are a little bit into the hobby or have friends that are into it, just in case. You know, you have your, you know, when you ship a game, it doesn't matter if it's three blocks or three thousand miles. There's always a chance a light will come loose or a ribbon cable will pop off or. You know, I mean, stuff just, you know, happens. These are built by hand, and they're not, you know, not, nothing is flawless in this, this world. Um, yeah, so when I heard that story, um, our uh, good friend Nick, um, well, your good friend Nick and, and, and a new acquaintance of mine from a Twilight Zone, um, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking, but uh, yeah, yeah, you always got to be careful with that kind of stuff. And most people and it- in the hobby are pretty good. They are. And it was a good lesson learned, too. I mean, yeah, it sucks when you get... That was the first one. That was one they were really excited about, and they were happy to find it. Um, But it also gives you that little bit of extra knowledge. So when you do end up getting your next one, and the next one, and then the one after that, because let's face it, this hobby is not a one-and-done type of hobby for most people. You know, you just... It's additional knowledge. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny because this year, in the last year, I've sold more pinball machines to new buyers than I think existing owners that have never, you know, first-time buyers. Because um, when I, when I sell a game to somebody, if they're new, literally, you know, I tell them, you know, hey, listen, we're going to spend about an hour going over this machine because I want to educate you so you know this. I don't think you're going to remember half of this, but at least, you know, you, you'll know where to jump if you if there is an issue or you have a question. Um and, 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 you know, and it's just how this goes. Like one of the one of the first machines I bought was a getaway that showed up trashed, and that's how I learned how to do everything that I did because I was pissed off and I don't want to lose any money uh, right. on the machine, so I had to learn to fix it. So but. you're handy too, though, and that's helpful because you have a background in the ability of you're very good with woodworking. You have this amazing attention to detail. You are mechanically inclined on repairing these, and you have friends that if you have issues with coding you have friends who are encoding if you have issues with you know any of the electrical stuff i'm sure that you have people that if you're if you can't get it you can call them and say hey i'm having a problem with this can you you know you mind taking a look and you know we'll grill out one day if you can come over and look at this or something like that so that's a really cool thing to have available at your disposal but if, but if you know five people in pinball you know enough people to, to, to get something done Oh, no, listen, you don't just know five people in pinball at that point in time because then you know 35 people in pinball. If you know, you know, if you're on a, a first-name basis with at least two, they're on a first-name basis with 10 more each. So somebody knows somebody. And what's great about it is everybody is so, so willing and eager to help because they want to see the hobby progress. They want to see people get into it and enjoy it and it's it's a benefit to everybody if people are nice to each other in this community, and they really are. There's very few jerks in this community. Oh yeah, and and you know what the the great people far outweigh the bad situations that that can arise from you know something like that. But Absolutely. you know it is what it is, and we wouldn't trade and we wouldn't trade this hobby, so it doesn't matter. But it is definitely a good one, and um, we sure enjoy it. I love the fact that people would pick on us. Oh, you have pinball machines? You know, we would tell them, hey, come over and play pinball. You have pinball machines? What type of nerds are you? And then, you know, you're kicking them out at 11 p.m. You're like, dude, go home. I have to work tomorrow. Get out of my house. Okay, just one more game. Oh, we've had parties like that where literally, you know, people come over and, you know, the party ended two hours ago. Their kids are upstairs running amok with our kids. And, you know, the mom and dad are down here playing pinball. I love it. It's inconvenient. But listen, I'd rather that than them not get played, you know? Absolutely. I have to laugh. My dad will come up early anytime my parents are coming over to the house for anything. It used to be, you know, he'd come up a little bit early and he'd sit there and BS with us and, you know, he'd play with the grandkid. And and now it's like, all right, he's coming up even earlier. Turn the pinball machine on. And normally he would like, he would help me cook. He would help me get stuff together for a meal that we're doing, or we would cook together because that was one of our favorite things to do together. Now, dad's been playing pinball for hours. My brother will come up and he takes off his shoes and walks into the pinball room and starts playing. I'm like, hi, nice to see you. Well, and the crazy part is when they find out like, you know, most people, if they see, you know, pinball, they're like, oh, it's pinball. It's some old stuff. Yeah. They're all old machines. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But mm-hmm. when they see yeah. what, like, some of these costs, you know, it, then they really, like, are you out of your mind? But, hey, you know what? It's a good time. You know, if you enjoy it and you're playing them, it it brings people together. You have fun doing it. So, who cares? Pretty much. Well, you know what? I think that's about a great point for our first uh, pilot episode. I don't know how you're feeling. No, I like it. I think it was good. All right. Well, and for everybody at home, this is going to be probably a bi-weekly uh, podcast. Um, so definitely uh, keep that on your radar. And maybe maybe sooner, depending on news breaks and stuff like that. Um, Amanda, I think you're up for it. But, you know, I, I know a couple of people that uh, at some point we're going to have on and ask some questions and uh, poke and prod because um, they're local. I'm sure you're up for that, right? Oh, absolutely. I really need to know which side is the favorite flipper for some, some certain individuals. So I'm excited to do those interviews and... Uh really get the questions answered that I've been wanting to ask. Hey, there's some friends of ours that have favorite numbers. True story. Um, that, I, that goes back to the special inlet days with uh, my buddy Ken Cromwell. And, uh, you know, we got to throw an honorable mention out to, uh, you know, our good friend Steve Beatty. Um, 
And don't forget uh, Dave, uh, Dave Fallgren's another good buddy and Courtney Bowman. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if anyone wants to chat with us, you're always in chat on uh, Monday nights on the, the Flippin' Out stream. And, I am. Um, um, catch me on Twitch Monday nights. Um, every once in a while you'll catch me lurking on some other Twitch channels and right in the middle of the night, says Mrs. Lord Helmet. But usually Monday nights, I have a date with my three favorite guys. Every yep, and it, you know it's always a good time, and it's funny to see you get, uh, you know, give somebody the boot when they get out of line too, you know, because you're a mellow person, you know. Um, I'm pretty laid back. I I'm not going to boot you unless because we've become friends with a lot of the people in that group too. So I'm not booting you unless you're in there causing trouble. We're there to have a good time, guys. It's Monday evening. Grab a drink, throw some Twitch on, watch bad pinball players play pinball badly, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, just have fun. Because you guys have a blast doing it. So it's it's fun to watch it. It's fun to listen to you guys talk and share stories. Just don't come in there acting a fool. Oh, yeah, no. And you know what? We Once again, you know, Monday nights, Flipping Out Pinball Channel. We have to thank our good friend Zach, for, uh, Zach and Nicole Menny from Flipping Out for uh, sponsoring the channel and getting us the newest games. And, uh, yeah, honestly, you watch. We're, not, we're never going to expose more of the game than you want to see because we're just not that good. But you're going to have a good time doing it. So... And they will also occasionally show you how to fix, you know, do some minor repairs on the fly. That's happened once or twice, I'm sure. Yep, yep. Flipping uh, pinball rubbers during the commercial. Yeah, that was a good time, too. But Yeah. All right, so that's episode one of the uh, Free Play Pinball Podcast. And as a tagline from a former show, I'm going to keep this one rolling, everybody. You have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And take some time out of your day to play some pinball, as our good friend would say. So long, everybody. Bye, guys. Free play pinball. No quarters required. Voiceover work by Mark Silk. That's me. Did you know I'm in Star Wars? It's true. Now that went down the out lane. What a pile of junk. <laughs>